Welcome to the Engaging Personalities Podcast. I'm Anders Belanger, founder and CEO of Engageify, where we're on a mission to rehumanize business through engagement. We believe that we can all be more successful if we can command attention and deepen connection. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on a future episode. So let's get ready to engage. Our guest today is an internationally recognized thought leader in the field of customer experience. With over 25 years of marketing and sales experience in a number of diverse industries, he has built a reputation for providing insightful concepts that are both innovative and effective. He's an award-winning keynote speaker who has spoken for some of the world's most respected companies, including Bosch & Lomb, Hilton Hotels, and Mondelez International. He is regularly featured on television and radio for his opinions on current news events, and he's also been referred to as Canada's marketing superstar by the Oprah Winfrey Network. Please welcome to the podcast, Mark Gordon. Welcome, Mark. Yay! Hey, great to be here, Anders. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So um, before we go anywhere, I always kind of like to, you know, explore some of the background uh, of our guests to kind of see how they got to where they, they are today. And can you just kind of tell us a little bit, we, we touched on it in the intro about, you know, just kind of diverse uh, experience, sales and marketing. How did you come to be a customer experience uh, expert? Well, uh, I'll give you the really short version because that's almost a whole show in itself. But uh, basically, I, I got involved in the auto industry in uh, 1993, and um, I, I started the company out of my parents' basement. And um, we sold equipment, or I guess at the time it was just me, I sold equipment that new car dealers would use to add all kinds of extra stuff to the car after you buy it. So paint protection film, windshield repair systems, gold plating, which was very popular in the 90s. Um, So over that time that I I built the company, uh, we manufactured, initially we manufactured nothing. Everything was, was purchased by me from other companies. I took their name off, put my name on, put it in a nicer box than them, and, and pushed it out. Uh, over time, I started to manufacture more in-house. But really, the whole company, the success of the company, and I ended up selling it in 2003 uh, for seven figures. What built that company really was a combination of marketing and customer service, or what we know now as customer experience. Because my products, be them good or bad, I had a lot of competitors and people couldn't always understand the difference between mine and someone else's or whatever. So really, I had to use service. So my goal was to, to make it a true joy and a pleasure for customers to buy from my company. And that was it in a nutshell. If they bought from me, they had no worries. If something wasn't right, we would make it right. No questions asked. If a product wasn't right, we would take it back. No questions asked. All kinds of deals, incentives, promotions, everything else. I wanted them to have my company top of mind to the point that there was really no other option. And that's how I built the company. And then when I sold it in 2003, I started a marketing company to kind of uh, pass along what I had shared and developed and and discovered over the course in the auto industry over my time there. Um, But over that time, I really started to find myself drifting more towards customer service and customer experience. And at such point, I decided, you know what, I got to flick the switch on this. And I really decided to focus solely on customer experience. And uh, over the last number of years, I've built up a reputation as being a, a thought leader and, and uh, 
you know, someone who comes at it from a different approach. Uh, I do not tell companies that they need to wow their customers. I do not tell organizations they need to exceed expectations, which is very refreshing uh, for most of them to hear. And um, it's really led to a lot of opportunities for me to uh, be able to share my ideas and views with uh, organizations around the world. So, so Mark, let me ask you this, because you said something right at the end that I'm like, you maybe see me cock my head like, huh? So you, you tell, well, maybe you tell them in different ways, or it's your different take on it. But can you can you kind of expand on that where you say, you're not telling companies to wow their customers or exceed expectations, which to me would be what everyone said. It's, yeah. it's nice to be divergent and to be different, but what the heck are you telling them if you're not telling them to do that uh, in terms of customer experience? So it, it sounds great to say that, to, to exceed expectations, to wow your customers, uh, to under-promise and over-deliver. These are phrases that a lot of people like to use, and these phrases have been used probably for the last 50 years in business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The situation being, uh, or I guess the, the reality is, that if you exceed expectations, which is in a sense what you're doing when you wow your customers, under-promise, over-deliver, you're exceeding expectations. When you exceed expectations and what you deliver to your customers, 99% of the time, they will not know you did that. Thus, you are raising their expectations. So for example, let's say you walk into a McDonald's and you order your, your, your Big Mac and your fries and your drink. You know exactly what you're going to get. There's no confusion. There's no mystery. But then the person behind the counter says, Anders, I love that suit you're wearing. You know what? I'm going to supersize your meal. And you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Well, the next time you go to McDonald's, you're wearing the same suit. Now, are you expecting a similar comment? After all, you got right. it last time. But this time, they don't notice your suit. They don't say anything. You get the meal just as you always have. Now, you're disappointed. Yeah. After all, last time, you got rewarded for dressing so spiffy. This time, they didn't even acknowledge it. By exceeding expectations, a number of things happen. Number one, you set the customer up for disappointment if you can't maintain that. Second mm -hmm. of all, you've increased the expectations on the part of the customer. So now you have to um, meet those new expectations all the time, or it won't be as great an experience for the customer. And third, you're increasing your costs, doing all that free stuff, whether it be free product, upsizing a product, giving more time, it all adds up. It's money out of your pocket. If you decide to turn a one hour consulting session into a 90 minute consulting session, just because you love the customer, well, that's 30 minutes of your time that you gave up for free. And the thing with time is you can never get it back. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. And you just gave it away for nothing. So having said that, I do not tell customers to, sorry, I do not tell businesses to never surprise and delight their customers. There are times to do it, but there's a way to do it. And, and a really quick way you can share with your listeners and your, your viewers if you are going to give them something extra, regardless of whether it's time, product, service, whatever it is, go ahead and do it, but send them an invoice for it anyway, or at least add it to the current invoice. So if they've ordered 10 of something and you give them 11, show the 10 with the full price, show the 11th at the full price, but then on a third line, show the discount. Mm -hmm. for the price of that extra product or extra time or whatever you gave. This does two things. Number one, it shows them that they got something extra. 
It wasn't just the norm. They got something extra. But second of all, and most importantly, it shows the value of it. See, a lot of people, when they get stuff for free, they don't place value on it. They didn't ask for it. Yeah. They weren't expecting yeah. it. So therefore, it really has no value. It's like if you find $20 on the street and you pick it up, you put it in your pocket, but then you'll lose it. You might be a little, little upset that you lost the 20 bucks, but really you're not that upset because it had no value. You never really worked for it anyway. You just found it. You found it and then you lost it, right? Same thing with service that you didn't expect. You got it, but you don't place a lot of value on it. If you place no value on it, it has no worth. So it's important to clearly let the customers know they got something extra. There was a value to it. And that value was deducted or that price was deducted. Mm -hmm. So they know they got it for free. Wow. Yeah, that's really good. And it reminds me of, of things that I've learned over the years, you know, negotiating with, with our customers, you know, the fact that if they don't have the full, you know, budget for your full fee, then you got to take something away, right? Not discounting for free. So it's very similar in, in that sense, right? Exactly. So, uh, but I do get that idea that, you know, raising the bar, but then not being able to keep that sustainable, right, is, is a big thing. And I mean, that, I think that's one of the main challenges too, is companies scale, you know, how do you, how do you scale that customer experience piece, especially if it might be, you know, I don't know, personality based or, or some sort of piece like that. So that brings me to my next question, Mark. What do you see going on right now in the world of, of customer experience and, and how are things changing and, or, or not changing for that matter? Well, wow, that's a great question. I'll tell you, since the pandemic started uh, and even now that it's kind of more or less done, um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people would say that customer service is lousy. I mean, it's terrible. I don't know what your experience has been uh, outside of the fact that prices seem to be going up and sizes seem to be getting smaller. The actual way people are being treated seems to be not as great, whether it be due to staffing issues, costing issues. I'm not really sure. It's different depending on industry. But as a customer, the reality is we don't care. When we call a business, when we walk into a business, when we purchase something from a business, there's certain standards that we have, and those standards can be influenced by our previous dealings with that specific business or similar businesses, or uh, based on the marketing messages that we've heard from that business. So if we walk into a restaurant and everything we've seen and heard about this restaurant has been positive, we're going to have a certain level of expectations. And if the business can meet those expectations, we have a great time. If not, we're disappointed. So overall, I think service is not as good as it was customers customer service specifically is not as good as it was and customer service and customer experience by the way are two very different things so customer experience is the culmination of all your um interactions with a company so there has to be an interaction a back and forth so marketing is not part of the customer experience because you don't interact with the company walking by a billboard uh, now customer service falls under that umbrella customer service is when something goes wrong, right? Like you go into a store where yeah. you go and you have a problem to the customer service counter. Mm -hmm. So when you reach out to a business and you say, I'm not happy, here's the problem, that is customer service. And that can obviously have a huge impact on the entire customer experience. So I guess to get back to your question, um, the, the trend seems to be downward in terms of, of satisfaction. But there's an easy way to get around this for businesses. And as we talked about, you don't have to exceed expectations or anything like that. Here's something really simple. 
instead of under promising and over delivering, just promise and deliver. <laughs> that's all you have to do. And the reason that is revolutionary. That's that is, it. That's a mind blower. <laughs> Businesses, multi-billion dollar companies have been built on just doing that promise yeah. and deliver. And the thing is for most businesses I've seen in oh, no, virtually every industry over the last number of years, the bar has been lowered. Yeah. So really if you're a business and it doesn't matter whether you're a consultant or you sell cars or you paint houses or whatever it is, there's a good chance that others in your industry, their level of, of customer experience that they provide has gone down. So all you need to do to exceed what your, your competition is doing to present yourself better is just decide what it is you want to be yeah. and be that. Maintain that level. And again, it doesn't have to be higher, okay? You go to the dollar store, everything's a dollar, more or less. But you know the quality's not there, but you're okay with that. Why? Because you know everything's about a dollar. It's you're consistent, okay right? It's yeah. Consistent. Right. Mark, this reminds me, I have a, well, our oldest client here at Engageify is a company called Veeam Software. And Veeam, I don't, I don't think they actually coined this saying, but a long time ago, it, it was their customers just saying, it's, it, it just works, right? Like, and that became like, it, it's not like you want to have that as your slogan, right? But it's just became what was known about it when people would say about it. And everyone loved the fact that it's, it does what it says it's supposed to do, right? And they, you know, took market share and, you know, have grown to, you know, over a billion dollars just delivering. And I shouldn't say just, they deliver all kinds of value, but in that sense that the consistency and especially in, in data protection, that's an important piece, right? Just being mm -hmm. to have that trustworthy name. Yeah. So uh, I love that how, <laughs> yeah, there's some nice twists you got, Mark, you know, just not over promise, over deliver, but just promise and deliver. So Coming out of pandemic, yeah, things have been like I've had, you know, some bad customer experiences, and what, and I think of you when when those happen, and think of like, you know, I think we've all had bad customer experiences. We know what a bad customer experience is. Uh, I think when people just deliver decent customer experience, it's almost uh, just expected, right? Normal, yeah. yeah. And then, then the times where you get really good experience, you know, that uh, really sticks out in your mind, right? But I think it's it's kind of common what what is i think there's probably some statistic that most you know customer uh, the, the complaints way the ones that they actually get complained it's like 10 to 1 for the one uh, i'm not explaining that right mark what is it you Are never you hear the number of people who share complaint. their negative experience yeah yeah that's the one i'm thinking of yeah it is something like 10 to 1 the numbers have really gone it used yeah. to be something like, uh, yeah, if you if you had a positive experience, you'd share it with like three people. But if you had a negative experience, you'd share it with like eight. But those numbers have really gone off the rails because of social media. So now, sure. you know, if you have a positive experience, you could reach, you know, dozens. And if you have a negative experience, you could reach hundreds of thousands. So, wow. yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, look on TikTok or, or Instagram, you know, the number of people who who purchased something and it doesn't work or they they film themselves going into a restaurant and dealing with a an irate or or, or uncooperative right. sales clerk or something these things get you know a million views yeah so it's you know, so you so would you say mark now i'm glad you brought that up is the cost of poor customer experience or service uh i think because i think we can kind of interchange them at this point has that gone up 
the cost of doing it poorly because of the world we live in? Uh, yeah, that's a great point. I think it, it's definitely been amplified or potentially been amplified. Uh, what a lot of businesses have a sort of a skewed view of is they believe that customer service, we'll, we'll go with customer service because, um, you know, like, here's the thing, right? In many cases, you walk into a business and you you purchase something and then you leave. And we can use like Starbucks or Tim Hortons as an example. Okay, you go in, you order your coffee, they hand you your coffee and you leave. And that event was probably so uneventful, you can't even remember it. In fact, like most people, you were probably looking at your phone almost throughout the entire experience. You weren't even paying attention to anything until they handed you your coffee and you walk out. But that in itself can be a fantastic experience. And if I can paraphrase from your client, why? Because it just worked, right? You you weren't wowed. No one ever left a Starbucks or a Tim Hortons going, wow, that was awesome. I got to do that again. No, you walk out and you're happy and you're content and you're satisfied because you got what you wanted and there was no issue. There was no problem. Everything was just fine. So that's customer experience. Customer service is if there's a problem. So a lot of businesses view customer service as a cost. So when that mm-hmm. customer comes in and they say, you know, I purchased this and it doesn't work, or I purchased this and, you know, it, it wasn't what I expected or it wasn't what I asked for or whatever. And, you know, you get all kinds of lines depending on the industry. Do you have your receipt? Uh, we don't do refunds or exchanges. You know, there's always a reason. Okay, this is where they screw up and they don't realize that when they send the customer out and they think they've won the argument because they didn't give the customer their money back or they didn't have to replace the product. They're like, yeah, we, we won that battle. But the customer right. leaves, the customer's upset, they're disappointed. Will you see that customer again? Maybe, maybe not. Is that customer gonna go online and share this terrible experience with dozens, hundreds, even thousands of people? Maybe, maybe not. Is that something that a business is willing to take a chance on just so they could save themselves a few bucks. Right. Some businesses will be like, yeah, who cares? Like they, they're short-sighted. Other businesses will say, you know what? I don't ever want anyone to leave my place of business or get off the phone with me, not feeling better than they did when they came in or when they called me. Right. Well, you look at that lifetime value of not just one customer, but all those customers that that person can then influence and that cost goes, goes up. And it's usually would be worth just, swapping out you know making that customer happy in that moment yeah. can care and they end up making more money anyway i mean it's interesting you know and you i don't know if this was a, a freudian slip but I, I heard you slip in the word costco and i think you meant to say cost but you brought up costco made me think of costco a fantastic example you go to costco and you can literally buy anything you want in that store and if you don't like it for any reason at any yeah. time you can return it and you don't even need a receipt because they've logged what you've purchased based on your membership No questions asked, okay? So what happens when you go to Costco? You buy way more than you ever anticipated when you go in, right? How many of us have gone into Costco with a list? With a list of maybe six or seven items and we walk out with like 20 items. And how many of these those items do we actually return? Probably few, if any. But it's easy. It's easy to buy from them. It's stress-free. And we know we have that confidence that if something's not right, we can return it. So in many cases... Having a great customer service policy actually increases sales. Yeah, for sure. So talking about, you know, things coming out of the pandemic, things changing, 
AI is, of course, in the news constantly. And I had like a million or billion dollar idea the other day. I want to break this with you right now. Uh, is that because I've had such hassles being on the phone trying to get through to customer service because I actually uh, experienced some identity theft in the last couple of months. So I was calling all these banks, calling all these things. And it's like, I need an AI tool to help me navigate all of the customer service hurdles and phone trees and everything so that I can deal with possibly, I don't know, an AI or chatbot or something in the end anyways. But it's kind of like we need them to talk to each other and remove ourselves from the process to eliminate stress. That's, that was my idea. Um, but let's talk, let's talk AI. And, and what do you see? How, how is that playing a role in customer experience or pro providing even greater challenges? Uh, I think the potential is there. I don't think it's quite there yet, but uh, interesting, if we can jump on a quick sidebar for a moment, there was a yeah. study done very recently where patients called in, uh, a group of patients who had a, a similar health issue were told to call into two different phone lines. One phone line, they spoke to a human being, like, a, like an actual doctor, physician. The other one, they spoke to an AI bot. And everybody, 100% of the people who called the AI bot reported a higher level of empathy that they received no. from the bot than from the doctor. Because the bot took the time to repeat back what the, the patient had said they were feeling. So it acknowledged them. It gave some recommendations. It gave some secondary recommendations should the first ones not be satisfactory. And then it also gave some options what they could do if nothing was working, like who they could call or the next available option that they could take mm -hmm. if nothing was going right. Whereas the doctor, in many cases, poo-pooed it and said, oh, it's not that bad. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Take two aspirin or rub on this lotion. It'll go away. It'll be fine. Have a nice day. Bye. You know what I mean? So it's interesting that we as human beings, we have the ability to show empathy, to show understanding, to make People feel welcomed, valued, and appreciated. But in many cases, we don't. Where an AI bot, an AI bot doesn't have a tough day. It doesn't get stressed out. Yeah. Uh, it's not looking at the clock. It's not thinking about other things. So it's able to give 100% attention. Now, yeah. having said that, I don't think AI bots are at the point yet, and maybe one day they will be, but they're not at the point yet where I think they can really read the nuance of how the person on the other end is feeling. Mm -hmm. So in many cases, you know, someone calls and they're, they're upset, they're annoyed, they're distressed, they're confused. Um, they're, they're just feeling a little lost. And they're not just looking for a solution. They're looking for some empathy. And they're looking for guidance. They're looking for someone who can really have some communication with them, even if that means taking it off topic. So you yeah. get someone who calls in and says, this is the problem I'm having. This is the problem I'm experiencing. And the person on the other end, then being human would say, okay, well, outside of that, tell me how you're using this product or tell me where this service was provided or how this service was provided. Tell me more, tell me the whole story here. Cause I don't know if I really understand. Would an AI bot do that? Probably not maybe in the future, but probably not. So to that, I would say as of now, AI bots do have the potential to deliver great customer experience or great customer service, but humans still have the ability to do that even better 
but the desire and the skill has yeah. to be there. Right. The consistent, like we're going back to consistency, the AI bot would systematically, you know, offer those suggestions, those backup suggestions where, you know, human who's in a hurry, human who's just maybe not fully present, uh, you know, those things might slip their mind, right? So it's that kind of the efficiency or the, you know, consistency again of, of something that is uh, a bot of, of some sort. Exactly. Uh, you know, Mark, having you on, um, are there like three things or, or some tips or, or, or things that you can share with our listeners uh, for their businesses to, you know, be able to take their customer experience, uh, you know, uh, either have a plan for it or take it to another level? Yeah, Just there, 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 are, there are three gems I can share with your, your awesome. listeners. And, uh, and the best part is they cost absolutely nothing to implement. Oh. But the return is, is many times whatever they, whatever they want, it, the return is outstanding. So the first one is to make every experience easy. And when I mean easy, and it doesn't matter whether customers come and do your place of business or deal with you through email or over the phone or whatever it is, or even through a website, it's got to be easy, which means, so for example, if they're purchasing a product through your website, it shouldn't be difficult for them to go through the purchasing process. They shouldn't have to make multiple clicks when one or two would be fine. If they're trying to reach you, uh, they shouldn't have to go through a long navigation system like you touched on when you when you phone somebody and you're trying to find the right person. Make it easy for them. Make it easy for them to communicate with you. Make it easy for them to find the right person to communicate with and make it easy for them to find out the right person who can say yes, because everybody is qualified to say no. So hmm. find the right person who's qualified to say yes. Help the customer. The second part is create experiences that are convenient. And by convenient, I mean allowing the customer to work with your business or you in a way that works for them. So whether you're available evenings and weekends, whether you have great store hours, whether you can be reached by phone, by email, by text, by WhatsApp, by FaceTime, whatever, you've got a whole multi-level generational skill set. And you've got people who are old school who want to pick up the phone. You've got people who want to walk in your place in business and see your face and shake your hand. And you've got other people who want to whip out their phone and send you a text. And you should be able to handle it all. So it should be convenient. And the last part is create experiences that are stress-free. So when customers buy from you or deal with you in any way, they shouldn't have to have that negative feeling at the back of their mind or that emotion or whatever you want to call it, wondering if things don't work, will you have my back? If you're coming to paint my house and you do a terrible job or I'm not happy with the job or I see something's not right, I'm wondering, if I call you, will you come back? Or if, if we do some consulting together and, I, and I, I pay you for an hour of your time and at the end of the hour, I'm more confused than at the start of the hour. I don't understand how to implement some of the things. And I reach out to you and go, I, I need some clarification. Will you... Will you take the time to provide me that clarification? Or are you just yeah. going to say, well, you have to wait till next week for our next scheduled session? These are all little things that, and, and back to the whole Costco thing, when you buy from Costco, it is about as stress-free as you can possibly get because you know you can just return everything. Nobody is going to put up a wall or a barrier to you being able to have a great customer experience. So... Any business can do this, by the way. It doesn't matter whether you're selling a product or a service, whether you have employees, whether it's just you. 
implementing policies, rules, training your staff, all of these things cost nothing, but the rewards can be immeasurable. Yeah. As you mentioned those three things, all these things in my mind kept popping up of bad customer experiences that I've had in the past, right? Like where I'm like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, I get that. I get that. Like, you know, that first piece about making it easy, it reminds me really of, of Amazon frictionless, which is the, you know, the, how, how, like one click, one click and you buy something, you know, that's makes it so easy for people to buy. Uh, the convenience thing you talked about where, you know, allowing people to communicate in whatever modality or form they want to with you. And that ticks me off when I'm still, I'm still old school enough that I want to get on the phone with people. Right. And also I'm about engagement. So I want to be able to influence with my voice. I want to be able to hear people, be able to read, you know, the the situation that way. Uh, And when I can't find a web uh, phone number on a website, I'm like, come on. You know, you're looking at the top, right? You're looking at the bottom. You look at the contact. It's just a form web form. You know, like, so I, I get you with that. And like you said, we have so many different, uh, you know, whether it's WhatsApp or all these different social media uh, types of messaging, texting, communication, all of that, right? And and then the, the last piece that you were talking about, stress-free. Like, when I was a victim of identity theft, was a lot of stress. And the fact that you you went in calling people, and you're just like, oh, this is going to be a hassle. And you're like, and I'm right. And it's just <laughs> like that. People are already in a bad mood if they have issues, right? And adding yep. to that with the with more stress um, is just a recipe for disaster. So um, yeah, no, those are those are great tips. Um, you know, before before we go, um, let me let me ask you one more more question, and and it might have to do with these three pillars that we just talked about. One of them being, why is, why is customer experience so rare? You know, a good customer experience. Is it because, well, I'll let you finish that. Why is good customer experience so rare? Um, Wow. You know, I I think it really comes down to a mindset. Um, There are a lot of people who came from, I, again, every every culture is different. And when I say culture, I mean not only unique cultures from around the world, but even cultures within industries. And you get different people from different parts of the world and different industries and different countries and everything else. And I think a lot of it is a mindset. So again, certain cultures, certain industries, the view is come in, buy what you need, get out. And next time you need something, you're welcome to come back, buy what you need and get out. And and they consider that to be just part of business. It's fine. You know, and and in many parts of the world that might work and in certain industries that might work. But then, you know, there's a bit of a crossover. And if they move in different industries or you get customers from outside that industry, expectations are different. And sometimes business owners or service providers or even that customer service rep behind the counter they don't, they don't know, they don't understand that the way you dealt with the people, you know, in, in that industry who are native to that industry or native to that culture, it's not the same as in this culture or this industry. And uh, it, it, it really comes down to a mindset. And you're asking a lot of groups to, to raise the bar, which can be difficult. 
because a lot of them are convinced they're already doing that. I mean, I don't think you'll ever find a business owner who says, I provide the worst customer service ever and I love it. Nobody will ever say that. Everyone's going to tell you how happy their customers are, how caring they are as, as a provider and how they look out for every customer and blah, blah, blah. They'll tell you all this stuff. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But the fact is it's true in their head, right? They're convinced that they're doing you know, a wonderful job. And um, it can be very difficult to convince somebody that the job they're doing isn't cutting it. And uh, I'll tell you, for my clients, the worst clients or clients I would actually never even end up having are the ones who say, we provide the best service, all our customers are happy. They'll never become a client of mine. My best clients are the ones that say, we're trying really hard. We yeah. know we could always do better. Can you help us out? Yeah. Those are the best. And as you know, with any industry, those are probably the best clients anywhere who say, right. you know, we're, we're, we know we're good or we think we're good or we're trying to be good, but we know, you know what, you can always do better. Right. Do they're better coachable better. and they have coachable. a growth mindset. I mean, exactly. you know, they're, they're, they want to go to that next level as opposed yeah. to just turning themselves off to possibility of, of improvement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it is, it is really tough. And, uh, and it's not a, you know, when I talk about cultures, you know, it's not a racial thing or anything like that. It, it's really just, it's a mindset based on a number of, of external and internal factors and, and everybody's different. And, uh, you know, and, and again, you know, I'm sure you've traveled the world. I know I have, and you walk into certain countries and certain stores and, you know, a classic example, people talk about how bad the service is in France. You know, walk into a store in France and they say the service is awful. But the people in France, they're probably okay with that because yeah. that's how it is, right? Yeah. But people from North America might walk in and go, oh my God, they were so rude. You know, I asked, yeah. could they do this or could they do that? Or I was in a French restaurant and I asked them if they could substitute this for that. And I got a dirty look and everything else. And right, well, you know, if someone from France comes here to North America and opens up a French restaurant and has that same mentality, they may not last long. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like when you cross the cultural uh, boundaries in some way, that's where you, where it kind of rears its head a little bit more. And I know that from, from trade shows, working for different companies from different countries in different countries, you know, you get a different sense of uh, whether it is, um, you know, a, a proactive or in, you know, level of engagement at the booth or whether they're a little bit more sit back and be more yep. passive. And and it's kind of when in Rome, you kind of got to do as the Romans kind of thing to exactly. to, to match up. Exactly. Hey, thank you so much, Mark, for, for coming on. Um, where can people find you? Where can people reach out to you? All they have to do is go to markgordon.ca and that's Mark with a C, the right way to spell it, as we all know. And uh, they can learn all about me. They can, uh, there's a lot of content on there. They can learn more about customer experience and, and uh, how to deliver it and what makes it good and bad and the difference between what works and what doesn't. And uh, a lot of fun, entertaining stuff on there. So markwarden.ca is the place to go. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us here and, and sharing with us your, your expertise on customer experience. And for all the listeners, thank you for listening. And until next time, stay engaged. Thank you so much for listening to Engaging Personalities. If you believe this world needs more engagement and you're an industry leader or you have an interesting take on rehumanizing business, go to go.engageify.ai slash podcast hyphen guest to apply and come on the show. If you got something out of this interview, 
Do you mind sharing it on your social media? Just grab a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag engaging personalities. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, engageify.ai, or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and stay engaged. Stay engaged.